Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast, a convenient place where you can stay up to date on what's popular in the swine industry. By listening to Popular Pig, you will receive invaluable information on the latest trends, news, and research from various experts who guide the global pork industry. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. Popular Pig is also made possible by the National Pork Board, Intervention, Crystal Spring, Johnsonville Foods, High Pork Genetics, Minitube, Brenneman Pork, Swine Robotics, Innovative Heating, and PigEquipment.com, brought to you by American Resources. Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. I'm Matthew Rota, your host, and joining us is Seth Mitchell from the National Pork Board. How are you doing, Seth? Great, and certainly a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have this particular topic on our podcast. It's been a pleasure to get to know you. And before we dive into everything, congratulations on everything you've accomplished at the Pork Board. Uh, I can't believe it's it's We've not known each other for a long time, but we did Orlando with Pork Forum, and I've seen you at Expo and NPIC, but uh, yeah, it's been crazy. Um, you remember, what was your big takeaway from Pork Forum? Because that was your first Pork Forum as well, right? Yeah, that was my first Pork Forum, and uh, being down there in Orlando with a bunch of producers, it was uh, certainly inspiring to see a bunch of producer leaders come together to make decisions on behalf of the industry, um, all, all in one place with one a common interest, and that's the betterment of the swine industry. Um, so it was really, really neat to be there and listen to all those perspectives and be able to meet people from all across the country as well. Yeah, it was cool. It's crazy how much goes on there that I it made no sense to me until somebody walked me through it. But Brian Strobel actually introduced us there, and he he's a delegate, isn't he, for Ohio? Maybe he was there as a delegate, but I know that he uh, works on behalf of Jestall. So yeah, yeah. And then we got to go to Grandview, which was that the biggest South Farm you'd been in? Uh, to date, that probably would have been, and certainly the most technologically advanced one that I had the opportunity to see. So that was a lot of fun. So, so today we're talking about the immersion program between the National Pork Board, NPPC, state associations. Can you talk a little bit at a high level about the immersion program and what it is? Yeah, so the immersion program uh, was really born out of a conversation amongst a couple of leaders in the pork industry uh, that recognized a need to develop a pipeline of talent uh, to fill some uh, foreseeable vacancies at the association level. And uh, kind of through that conversation came to the realization that maybe that list of the bench of folks to call on uh, was getting shorter maybe than it had been in the past. And so recognizing this as an issue, there were some leaders at the association level that decided to take action by putting together this immersion program. And so I'm honored to be the first participant in this program um, that's really become a partnership between the National Pork Board, the National Pork Producers Council, and then several of the state pork associations. And the way that the program is laid out is that over the next uh, two years, well, looking at starting back in January, I will have had the opportunity to spend eight months with each of those very segments. So uh, it's gone by very quickly so far, but actually uh, approaching the end of my time with the National Pork Board, I started back in January and have been here for about seven months. 
But as we look towards the future on September 1st is when I'll uh, transition over to the National Pork Producers Council and spend some time uh, over there in the policy shop and uh, you know some time in Washington, D.C. Uh, before transitioning in May of 2024 over to um, the state a portion of this experience, which I, I'm aware now that I'm actually going to be going to Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, to work with the North Carolina Pork Council, Worley Lindsay and his team on some issues um, facing North Carolina pork producers. So it's a really uh, well-rounded experience, going to give me a diversity of opportunity to be able to see the pork um, industry through a multitude of lenses. Well, you lucked out there. If I had to pick one place in the industry where the challenges are steep, but they're kind of fun, new, novel, unique. Raleigh is, is a great one. North Carolina as a state should be a, a fun experience. So has this been like a whirlwind for you then? If it's just been seven, eight months at the port board and now you're supposed to hop over NPPC and then you're going to be jumping into Raleigh, like, holy cow. I tell you, yeah, I've been in listen and learn mode. I mean, this whole time, obviously uh, we'll get to it, but working on a, uh, quite a few deliverables as well, but I'm getting a lot of different things uh, thrown at me all the time because the goal of this whole immersion program is that I'm able to, to see into not just the programmatic areas of the pork associations, but also kind of that organizational structure, more back of house type operational side. So um, I've been able to work throughout this whole experience with multi multiple employees and staff members across the organization to uh, really dive into a lot of different project areas. So working with the swine health team on biosecurity and traceability projects, working with uh, the finance team on state administrative reviews, trying to understand how the budget process here works. What's the process for our HR side of things? Um, so yeah, like you said, kind of a whirlwind in the sense that I'm getting a lot of different knowledge and experiences thrown at me all the time, uh, but uh, you know, the key is taking good notes, uh, understanding who the subject matter experts are on certain topics, and then being able to go back and ask a lot of good questions uh, with the hope that someday uh, this experience will pay off with a longer-term career in the pork industry. So can you talk a little bit deeper about the underlying strategy uh, behind the immersion program? You got into a little bit. Can, can you go a little deeper into what, that's, what, that, oh, what it all entails? Yeah, I mean, kind of like I stated, uh, you know, the strategy of, of the whole entire program is to build that bench of leaders to come back into uh, pork associations. And so the objective here is that whenever I would be done with this program, uh, ideally, I would land with either a state association or one of the two national associations. So that's kind of the strategy. And then how that uh, gets accomplished, again, is through constant immersion into all uh, departmental aspects of each of the three um, segments of the program. So, you know, kind of described what I'll be doing here at, at what I've done here at the pork board, but then also looking towards going to MPPC, a part of the strategy there will be actually getting me out to Washington for at least two months to be able to dive into the policy side at both the state and the national level. And then being able to go to the state association where I can take both of the checkoff and non-checkoff components of the associations and merge them together because states deal with uh, both of those issues on a daily basis. So before we talk about the impact that you have made and this program has made since you started, I'd love it if you could go all the way back and tell us how you got into agriculture, <laughs> how you got the pigs, and how were you selected for this program? Yeah, there's a long story there. So 
uh, you know, kind of got my start in agriculture just growing up in rural southeastern Illinois. My hometown is only Illinois, if anyone knows where, where that's at, home of the white squirrels. But, um, <laughs> you know, a very agricultural-based community, but didn't grow up on any type of a, a typical row crop farming production uh, operation, but rather uh, got involved with agriculture mostly through 4-H. And so when I was eight years old, uh, my parents took took me out to go shopping for some show pigs. And that's kind of how I got my start in the livestock industry. My mom had grown up uh, on a smaller commercial hog farm and had the opportunity to raise pigs. But, you know, back back in the day when she exhibited at the county fairs, it was go out to the slats, pick out a few of the best pigs and take them into the county fair. And that was that. Well, uh, I, I took home some pigs from one of my cousins who was uh, raising show pigs at the time. And uh, you know, they were some of his coal pigs because we didn't want to spend a bunch of money on them and took him to the county fair after raising them in a whole cattle pole barn on a dirt floor and figured out very quickly that uh, that was not how we were going to be competitive. So <laughs> over the course of the next probably 10 years, a bunch of concrete got poured at uh, Mitchell show pigs and ended up, uh, you know, a few years down the, down the line, keeping back a sow or a gilt rather that had done pretty successfully for us um, during the summer shows and decided to start a little breeding operation. And so uh, had success with that, um, had some some pigs out of that litter that went on to do some great things and then uh, kind of grew that up to where we, about, we had seven sows and kind of transitioned my interest more from the crossbred side to the purebred side, focusing mostly on Durox and Yorkshires and, and Berkshires. And uh, it wasn't really until my senior year of high school that I, I branched out and started showing at a larger scale, started running on the, the circuit, junior circuit there in Illinois, and uh, really enjoyed that, the opportunity to compete at a higher level. Uh, was, I'd always gone to the state fairs, I guess, for a number of years, but, you know, whenever you look at graduating high school and starting a career and picking a major, uh, you, you kind of have to pick something, and at that time, what yeah. was most familiar to me was animal science. Uh, so kind of leaning on that, I went into uh, Lakeland College, uh, studied agriculture there at, junior, at the junior college level for a year, and then um, ultimately uh, transferred to the University of Illinois to study animal science. Well, again, it was uh, between my sophomore and junior years of college that I had the opportunity to go to uh, Washington, D.C. with uh, the Illinois Corn Growers um, as part of a program I was involved with with FFA. And through this trip to Washington, D.C., walking up and down the halls of uh, Congress, uh, it, having conversations with legislators about uh, issues impacting the Illinois corn growers at the time, it became uh, apparent to me that they were, there was kind of a lack of knowledge about some agricultural issues out in D.C. And at, at that point, I kind of got inspired to pursue this kind of policy route. And so... Um, you know, because if, if I, I had a background in agriculture and if I wasn't going to advocate for the industry, then who would? And so I, I came back to the University of Illinois, ended up adding a dual major in agricultural economics with a concentration in public policy and law and uh, graduated with the, the dual degree and decided to give D.C. a test run because I knew I had this interest in policy, but I wasn't exactly sure if I wanted to commit to, to living out in D.C. And so I opted to do an internship for the summer after I graduated college 
working with CropLife America. And I, I really enjoyed it. I got to learn the ropes of policy. Um, I had considered law school for a number of time or for a period, but uh, ended up actually staying out in D.C. for that fall working with CropLife International. Uh, so kind of got to see the pesticide policy through the international ones as well. Well, I knew that that period, that internship was going to come to an end in December. And so I was really trying to be proactive about finding my next opportunity. And I had a couple of key things on my checklist that I wanted to, to find in my next role. Um, I really enjoyed the work I was doing with trade associations. And so kind of wanted to stay in that atmosphere. At the end of the day, I loved working in the ag industry. I loved the you know people I was working with um, at CropLife. But you know that was crop science, and my background was in animal science. So I wanted to find something that would bring me back to my passion in, um, in animal science, and, so, and, and especially with the pork industry. And, uh, and I also had kind of determined that although I enjoyed D.C. and could potentially see myself working out there, I wanted to find something that would bring me closer back to the Midwest. So looking at all those, I was obviously very proactive about looking on uh, websites that kind of catered to those um, areas, One of the, a couple of them being the National Pork Board and the National Pork Producers Council. And I'm not going to lie, I, came, I was sitting in my, on my couch uh, one evening in my apartment in D.C. looking through all these job listings like I normally did and uh, came across this immersion program, or as they had it listed as Manager of State Pork Industry Relations, um, listed on NPPC's website. And I got pretty excited. So I started reading the job description. And I was like, man, you know, this not only checks all the boxes, but as I look at maybe starting out in a um, longer term career in the pork industry, this, what this describes to me right here is gonna set me up for long-term success. It's a fast track to knowing everything that goes on. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and so, you know, fortunately, I'd had some connections in D.C. that uh, were involved with the pork industry. So I was able to, you know, lean on some of my relationships. Um, the interview process uh, went really, really smooth. I think uh, about from my first interview to when I got the job offer was only within about three weeks time. So, you know, kudos to NPPC for expediting that process. And, um, you know, as I finished up my time in D.C. in December, I was really excited to get to Iowa and start here with the Pork Board uh, this past January. So since you've been with the Pork Board, what is your proudest accomplishment? That's a really good question. I would, uh, so I'll, I'll backtrack and start talking about maybe some of the project work I've had the opportunity to do here at the Pork Board. Um, I came in and was initially tasked with trying to build a better relationship between the National Pork Board and show pig, niche, and uh, smaller independent pork producers. And like I kind of mentioned, my background is in show pigs. They're kind of leveraging my knowledge and experience there to, to try to do some work uh, in a new area. And as the summer progressed and I had conversations with producers at um, at a number of meetings and state pork association uh, annual meetings, it became apparent to me that there's not a one size fits all solution. Uh, specifically when I was tasked with, you know, some communications pieces around biosecurity and traceability. And, you know, biosecurity and traceability look very different at whether you're an independent producer, whether you are a niche producer, or whether you're a show pig producer. And so it became apparent that uh, trying to find uh, communications channels for all three of those and do it all simultaneously was, 
was not the correct route to go. And so I probably pivoted and turned my focus uh, early on towards the show pig sector and understanding that there was, there's a lot of work to be done there when it comes to biosecurity. And so you, you asked me about my proudest moment. Uh, one of the big, big events we did to try to bridge that gap uh, with show pig biosecurity was we started out by hosting a show pig tabletop exercise and ag view demo with uh with a number of show pig influencers. So we gathered uh, 24 individuals and brought them here to Des Moines for a one day event where we walked them through, uh, you know, we started out with some background around foreign animal disease. Uh, you know, what what is a foreign animal disease? Uh, what is the crisis communications plan? What does incident command look like? Uh, what are the symptoms of ASF, CSF, uh, foot and mouth disease? and you know, what are the appropriate response plans? And then after the morning session with a bunch of presentations, uh, we ended, we went to the table and conducted the full-scale tabletop exercise. And, you know, I guess what was most inspiring to me was you had a bunch of show pig leaders gathered around this table talking through in a various, very serious fashion what their response plans would potentially be and trying to hammer out what some of the holes in those plans are that, you know, our swine health team can go back and look to work on. Uh, but it was inspiring to see how invested they were in the conversation and how seriously they took it and how appreciative they were that the pork board took time to listen to their perspectives and what they had to say, because, you know, to be honest, there's a number of people that are are under the understanding that you know if a foreign animal disease hits, the show pig industry is at a major risk of oh yeah of going away. And so we we were there trying to instill hope and work with these leaders to develop plans and try to you know focus on that business continuity. And so I think that that was it was inspiring to see how seriously they took it. And at the end of this meeting, uh, you know how motivated they were to continue the conversation and take action, understanding uh, their responsibility and uh, the influence that their voices have in the conversation. So, you know, that that spurred a number of other activities that we did over the summer. Um, look, we did a, a couple of biosecurity panels at national shows. So the first one being the exposition here in Des Moines, where we had some people that had been in attendance at that tabletop exercise speak to their experience and kind of make that call to action to exhibitors around ringside. You know, how should you uh, be utilizing your premise IDs, getting your ag view accounts, um, and just you know, following simple basic biosecurity practices to do your part in keeping the, the U.S. swine herd healthy. And then we had a similar panel at the uh, CPS Team Purebred Show in Springfield, Illinois. And then uh, we, uh, my colleague John Hines and I traveled down to Louisville, Kentucky to host an AgView demo for uh, a few hundred exhibitors and parents down there as well. So the message has been carried uh, currently in the process of continuing that conversation um, and the momentum that we have. So in all of your conversations with producers and show pig, uh, show pig producers, what, what have been your takeaways? What are some stories that you got from all those interactions over the last seven months? Oh, story. Dude. Uh, I've got some, some fun stories and I've got some, uh, you know, some good words of advice that I've gotten from some producers as well. Throw them both. Uh, throw them both. Um, start with a fun story, I guess. 
It was actually, I'll go back to when I had the opportunity to go to the Wisconsin Dells and attend the Wisconsin Pork Annual Meeting. Um, I, during the day, I was able to have a really good conversation with a show pig producer by the name of Kurt Watson. And uh, we talked about some of the differences between um, between health requirements for exhibition in Wisconsin versus what I'd learned in Iowa versus what I grew up knowing in Illinois. And it, it became very apparent as I had some some additional conversations with folks at other states, how different these health requirements are. And so that creates challenges when you're trying to come up with a, you know, a unified plan across the United States for, for biosecurity and health uh, protocols at the, at the exhibition level. But anyway, throughout this conversation, you know, we kind of had a good talk. And so later that evening, um, some of my colleagues who I was with had uh, gone back up to um, gone back up to their rooms for a bit. And, and I had been asked to help call the auction that they were having that evening. <laughs> and so I'm up standing on a chair calling, taking bids for the auction. And then my colleagues who I'd said had left for a brief moment came back and they just, they'd gone from talking to me to now seeing me standing on top of a chair and they're scratching their heads wondering how I got roped into this. <laughs> so that was a, that was kind of a fun experience getting to call Wisconsin Forks uh, evening auction event there. But, um, uh, you know, some some words of advice I guess I've gotten from some producers. I, I always go back to a snippet that I heard uh, was told back at one of my very first external engagements, and that would have been the Iowa Port Congress back in January. Um, a producer approached me and said, "Now, now listen here. If you don't learn anything throughout this whole immersion program, remember this: you don't do anything until you've talked to a pork producer. Yeah. Meaning, you know, you don't." Uh, you don't uh, start any projects or or start making decisions until you've had some producer input, and um, you know we make that plural and say multiple producers because it's you know you need to to see how it's going to impact uh, a number of folks. But that's something you know as we looked at doing even this you know to give an example as we looked at doing this show pig tabletop. The, one of the first things I did was reached out to some show pig producers and asked, is this something of value? Is this something that you'd be interested in participating in before we put any actual pen to paper on, on the event? And so there's been a couple other experiences I've had here at the pork board that I, I rely on that advice. Um, also understanding that not just producers, but making sure that, um, that you're keeping your state execs across the country informed on on producer activities as well so that's been a good one and then um you know the other thing that i've tried to focus on is a big you know aha moment is focusing on the we not me and that's a you know three very small words that i think mean a whole heck of a lot um as i've kind of stepped into this role focusing on show pig biosecurity it's uh, having, being able to, to bridge the gap between the commercial and the show pig sectors has been one of my, my key focuses. And I think that that's a two-way street and coming from a show pig background and now obviously having the opportunity uh, to, to get involved quite a bit more heavily on the commercial side, I see that there's a, can be some 
discrepancies and communication lines uh, between those two sectors. And at the end of the day, the pork board represents all pork producers. And and I tell this to all of my show pig colleagues, you know, you are a pork producer, whether you, you know, if you raise one pig or you raise a thousand at the end of the day, uh, if that pig's not going back into the breeding herd, it's probably going into the food chain. And so, you know, you're a pork producer, you're raising food. Um, we all kind of have that same common interest and it's our responsibility, no matter where we uh, lie along that spectrum to to do our part for the betterment of the industry. So that's kind of been uh, one of my key focuses because I feel like I can walk that line uh, being uh, having that show pig background and and, you know, trying to be intentional about building my, my knowledge base and understanding of the commercial sector as well. And, th- and there's such an opportunity there when it comes to the two groups working more closely together or just being more aligned, because when we think about show pigs, that's like the front line for people who know nothing about agriculture, because you're at fairs, whether that's state fairs or county fairs, someone who's maybe never even seen a pig is walking up and seeing their very first pig. And that person who raised that pig is standing right there. And so I think there's so many opportunities for the message to be um, expedited to the, to, the, to the end customer uh, in a very unique way, which is, which is kind of cool. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like you just stated, a lot of times the first impression that a consumer or even you know, a young child starting out as, as an exhibitor, their first impression of the pork industry is through a show pig. Yeah. You know, that's a huge responsibility that falls on our young people and and their parents that are out there in the barns at these shows is being able to tell that story and be an advocate. And, you know, I tell that to a lot of my show pig colleagues that um, they are an advocate and you would hope that they've found some joy in the experience of showing pigs and that they're able to go forth and tell that positive story. Um, because I think that that's a huge asset that the show pig industry brings to the, to the greater pork industry. So what's next? Uh, so when you think about NPPC and you're headed to DC, like what are you most looking forward to? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm most looking forward to just diversifying my experiences. I mean, like I said, I've been in DC before, uh, but this will be quite a bit different capacity working in, on behalf of the pork industry. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. But, you know, as I look towards North Carolina, kind of like you stated, it'll be a, a really fun place to be uh, living there in Raleigh. Well, you're about three hours from the beach and three hours from the mountains. So <laughs> certainly no shortage of activities on the weekends. But um, also, you know, I grew up in Illinois and I'm currently living in Iowa. And I'd have to say that the the commercial sector and the pork industry, I mean, even through a show pig lens, looks pretty similar between Illinois and Iowa. And that's all that I've had exposure to so far. So I'm really fascinated and looking forward to getting out to North Carolina to see some different issues. You know, like you stated early on, I mean, they're, they're dealing with their whole slew of, of unique challenges, whether that's from a, a policy front or, or just, you know, the scope of the industry looks quite a bit different being primarily contract production out there. And so I'm actually, I'm looking forward to getting out to North Carolina just to, experience the pork industry unlike I've I've ever seen before. It's such a different feel. So it'd be cool to see what you think after you're able to go through NPPC and then go to Raleigh. What recommendations or words of advice do you have for others that might be considering a program like this or who are even in your shoes wanting to be involved in agriculture and just not sure what step to take? I would say that the best piece of advice I would have is to uh, 
be intentional about what experiences that you do and uh, don't be afraid to take new opportunities. But when you do take new opportunities, go into them with a learning mindset, ask really good questions, because that's pretty well been the foundation of what this immersion program has been so far is listening and absorbing and asking as many questions as I can. Um, but, you know, don't, don't, don't always say, uh, say no to every opportunity. Uh, be willing to step out on a limb, do something new. Um, be willing to travel. I'd say that those are some, some big pieces of advice. You know, I can't speak any more highly of this immersion program. I mentioned travel opportunities, but um, the amount of people that I've been able to meet and the network that I've been able to build just in seven short months uh, you, you start to realize how small the pork industry is. Yeah. You know, we say this about the ag industry as a whole, but you start going to these conferences and you, you see the, uh, a lot of similar people like, you know, Matt, we've had the opportunity to connect a few times now. And so I'd say, you know, that that's been definitely a highlight, but uh, the other thing about this program that's unique and is that again, I've had the opportunity to work across multiple teams here and there's, around 80 staff here at the National Pork Board, and I've had the opportunity at some level to interact with almost every single one of them. And so as you look towards, you don't always have to have the answer to everything, but one of the really cool things about this program is I now know who to contact when I need the answer to something. And so yeah. it's the more important piece, but also the amount of you know professional development opportunities and and communications trainings and crisis communications trainings and uh, had the opportunity to go through a project management training. Uh, the pork board, not just for myself as the immersion candidate, but the pork board in general does a really good job of making sure that our team members are well equipped with the resources that they need to perform at a very efficient level. Uh, so I, I really value that as well. And then uh, just the uh, on a more personal level, the amount of mentorship and feedback that I've received through this program. Uh, there are some brilliant minds here at the Pork Board and being able to be under their mentorship and work with them on a daily basis is truly inspiring. It's not every day that you can you know, walk down the hallway and, and your CEO has an open door. And so, you know, something you know, like that is just, uh, I'm, I'm really blessed to be here and to have that connectivity and the people that generally care about the success of, of not only this program, but me as an individual, uh, the opportunity to to travel around different states. And, you know, I talk about being intentional with your opportunities. But one thing I always try to do when I travel or attend an event is to make sure that I'm there with a purpose. Uh, I've had the opportunity to go to a lot of these state meetings and be involved in public speaking engagements and uh, uh, be in activities just like this where I'm able to tell my story and, and hopefully uh, promote this program, promote the pork industry. So, that, the, those are some of the, the highlights, I guess, uh, this year. And, you know, again, it all goes back to that being intentional uh, about what you're doing and, and being able to accept new opportunities. Well, thank you for being a guest on the podcast and for everything you're doing within the industry. We actually, like you said, definitely need that next generation to step up and take the baton and and drive this industry forward uh, to a successful future. And it seems like you're doing your your part in that. So thanks for being a great example for others. I certainly hope so. It's, I mean, like I said, it's been a tremendous opportunity um, as you look towards this immersion program continuing into the future. I mean, I'm the first, but the goal is that there'd be many more to come after me. And so I know uh, they're looking to open up those ap applications for the next person in uh, September uh, with uh, hopefully having that decision made by the end of this year and with a start date of uh, next 
late May or early June, trying to target some some recent graduates. So, you know, if there's anybody listening that would like to be to learn more about this opportunity, I'm certainly more than happy to have that conversation. I I really do encourage anybody who's passionate about the pork industry to consider looking into the submersion program as the first step out of college. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com to receive updates when new episodes are available. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com.